You're listening to the weekly podcast of Bethel Bible Church and Pastor Clint Wright. We're so glad you've joined us today. And as always, you can find more information about the church at our website, BethelBible.com. You can find us on Facebook and even follow us on Twitter at Bethel Bible. Let's join Sunday's service now. If you will, grab your Bibles and go to Hebrews chapter 2 this morning. And man, it's hard to believe another year almost over. Another one beginning, and so Hebrews chapter 2 is where we're going to go this morning because this is such a unique time where we find ourselves in between two times. You can hardly turn your TV on uh, without somebody talking about all the things that have happened in 2023. Some things are noted, you know, they'll talk about sports plays or songs that stayed at the top of the charts or certain videos or even fashion trends. Even deaths are used to mark the year that we're about to close. Remember the death of Matthew Perry, the star off of Friends, or if you grew up in a different era with Tina Turner, uh, men like Henry Kissinger, and if you grew up watching Three's Company, Suzanne Summers, And it reminds us that life is fleeting. But then there's some exciting things. I mean, the very first World Series uh, for the Texas Rangers. And then there are things that cause us grief and sadness by watching a terrorist group attack Israel in the West Bank. And so there's so many things that have happened over the last 360, almost four days. But then we find ourselves looking ahead to a year that we have no idea about what is going to happen. So I am thankful that you are here today. Uh, We believe this. You are not here by accident. And I hope that you will intersect with exactly what God has for us this morning. So I want to begin by you thinking about what was 2023 like for you? What was the year like? Maybe it was great. Man, it was one of those years where things worked out. Uh, the things you'd hoped for came about that the, the Black Eyed Peas in 2023 worked. Uh, or maybe it's a year that you're just really glad it's over. Where things didn't work out and there were uh, things that didn't come together. You found yourself in many difficult situations. Or perhaps it's somewhere in between. And you could break that year up into the different categories. But here's what I know and I believe about myself. As I stand between two years, I battle between two things. I battle between neglect and doubt. Even as a Christian, I still battle these. Because here's what I know and I've experienced about me. When things go good and things are working out, I find myself neglecting the one that is really behind everything. I kind of neglect it. Maybe he is there and God is working. Because when things are going well, it's almost like I don't feel like the need for him. But when things don't go well, they don't go as I hoped or they're not working out, I find myself doubting, man, is God really there? Is he really good? So I find myself battling when things are good between neglect and things don't go my way with doubt. So to help us today, or to help me today, I want us to go to Hebrews chapter 2. And so here's the theme about the whole book about Hebrews. You could sum it up into three words. The entire book is about this. Christ is greater. In fact, the whole first chapter, he would have laid out, Christ is greater than the angels. 
the old covenant, our circumstances, meaning our bank accounts, our homes, our cars, our lifestyles, our hobbies, our likes and dislikes, and even our families, the author of Hebrews is trying to tell us that Christ is greater. And so the purpose of this book is to help us see and to help us believe that no matter what it is, that Christ is greater. And to do this, the author sets some bookends that are important with this book. If you were to look at Hebrews chapter 1, verses 10 through 12, this is what it says, speaking of Jesus. He says, In you, Lord, you laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you, Jesus, remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like a robe. You will roll them up. And like a garment, they will be changed. But you, speaking of Jesus, are the same, and your years have no end. So the purpose is Christ is greater, but he sets it up by showing that. And then if you looked at Hebrews chapter 13, the last chapter in verse 8, he says this statement that maybe you've heard before, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the bookends of this book, to set up the theme, the purpose of Christ is greater, is to show us that Christ has always been, always will, and he does not change. And that's the bookends. So no matter what is going on with me or with you or around us or to us, the author tells us Christ does not change, that he is constant. So with that in mind, let's go to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. And what you're about to see is Hebrews sets up four warnings for believers. And this morning, we're only going to look at the first one. So the very first warning that this author gives is this. He says, therefore, we must pay close attention to what we have heard. So why would the author have to say, hey, be careful, pay close attention? And the reason is, is because we all have an attention problem. Whether you think you have ADD or not, everyone has an attention problem. It's a danger every one of us, including me, that we face. Whether you're an elder, a deacon, a church member, a Sunday school teacher, if you're a believer, we all face the temptation of losing sight or focus. But of what? That Christ is greater. So the author of Hebrews, he sets up the entire first chapter to show us that Christ is greater. And here's the highlights. He says Christ is greater by or because he's the appointed heir of all things. Every single thing he is the heir of. He created the world. He's the radiance or he tells us the reflection of God's glory. That we know God the Father if we know him. He's the representation or the expression of God the Father. He sustains all things. He accomplished the cleansing of sin. And he tells us that he is more powerful than the angels. So with all of that, the superiority of Christ he is showing us is something that we can easily lose sight of. Now if you're a parent of a child, it's like you buy them that favorite toy. Or as they get older, it gets seem to get more expensive, that pair of shoes or that pair of jeans. And what happens over just a few weeks or a few months? All of a sudden, they lose their importance. So what happens if we lose focus? So he says, therefore, be careful. Pay attention. 
that you don't lose focus. And here's the reason. Lest we drift for away from it. So he says, be careful, pay attention. And the result is, if you do not pay attention, you will begin to drift. And he's using this nautical or sailing language. It's like a boat that has set an anchor. And if that anchor comes loose from the sea floor, that boat will then begin to drift. And it's at the mercy of the waves and the wind. And so here's what I don't know. I have no idea what 2024 holds. I have no idea. I don't know if it's about to be the best year that I've ever experienced or it's to be the absolute worst or maybe somewhere in between. But we all face the issue of drifting. So then in my mind, I sit down, I wonder what is. Okay, God, what are the things that cause me to lose attention? What are the the temptations I face in beginning to drift? And here were my top three. One is complacency. I know for me, as time moves on, it's easy to get comfortable, get complacent. And I think this is with anything, whether it's in my marriage, it could be with our jobs or our parenting, that it's easy to lose that intentionality that we once had. You remember you start that first job? I remember the very first job I had, a real job, uh, where I was going to get the W-2 and had to fill out the forms and all that. I showed up. An hour and a half early. I was all dressed, ready to go. But in those early years, you remember there's so much intentionality that you want to do the right thing. You want to prove yourself. You want to do a great job. Or you begin dating. You're putting all the time and energy into that. But what happens over time, we lose that intentionality. Or at least I do. So the first thing I know for me is complacency. But the other one is this. Familiarity. That things simply seem to lose their luster. Or I find myself doing things and it's just because of what I've always done. And it's just the habits that I have or the routine I have. And it seems like over time the things that once excited or brought joy seem to lose that. And I think it's because I just get too familiar. So complacency, familiarity. And the last one I thought about myself is just simply busyness. I was talking to Lynn this morning. She asked me, how are things going? My response is always, yeah, things are great. And then I think through, my goodness, we seem to run. My truck never seems to cool off. And what happens in the business is priorities simply begin to shift. And it, it happens slowly. And before I, I find myself, the busyness of life has caused me to lose attention or lose focus. And then I can begin to drift. And maybe we all face Those three things. And I thought, man, it'd be pretty easy if I just faced one of those. All right, God, today, complacency, I'm going to take that under control. Or it's busyness, I'm going to work on that. But it seems like they all come at the same time. So where's the hope? Well, let's keep reading. Because the author is about to give us three reasons. So he told us, be careful, pay attention, don't lose focus. Because if you do, you're going to begin to drift. But then he gives us three reasons to hope. And one of them is strange. Here's the first one. He says, for since the message declared by the angels. And so what is he talking about? He's talking about the message of the Old Testament, the Mosaic law. Well, how does that give us hope? Because we get to look back and we get to read and we get to see about God 
providing for his people. We see him protecting his people, creating a way for them to know him and to interact with him. And so history is something that we can look back that gives us hope. He says the message that was declared should bring you hope to keep you focused so you do not drift. Then he says that message to be reliable. So the second evidence of hope or the reason for hope, he says, he's always stood firm. That everything God has promised, he has fulfilled. That every promise, you can look back and so there is this history of what God has done. And you can look back over that and see God's faithfulness all along the way. That his message is always reliable. And so I get that. I mean, thinking back and you can see the history of how God has provided and how he's protected And then that should give us hope that, okay, there's hope for me. The message is always reliable that you never have to doubt that God can bring about his promises. But the third reason is a little odd. So he says, since the message declared by the angels, that should give us hope. It provided to be reliable, that should give us hope. And then he says, and every transgression or disobedience received a just restribution. And I had to pause on that one. How in the world is God punishing every transgression, every act of disobedience received its just punishment? How does that give me hope? Or how should that give me hope? Well, I think there's two reasons. One is like this. It's like a parent that always makes empty promises. You know, I'm going to pull this car over and that goes on for three hours. Or they make a promise, if you don't do this, this is going to happen. And there's going to be this punishment for this or that. What happens if that parent never follows through on that act of of correcting the disobedience? Well, that child learns, well, they're not really serious. So what happens is they continue in that. And then as they get older, the consequences get greater. And they follow down that line where all of a sudden... They're realizing, well, they don't mean it, so I'm just going to keep doing this, and then we'll see what happens. But God says, I care too much to allow you to continue doing what you're doing. I care too much. He says, just know I will punish every transgression and every disobedience. You can count on my word even if you hate it. But it's for our own good. And that, that in some way should give us hope. But here's the second way. Because we get to read this, we get to look at this, we get to follow these words on the page of looking back. You know what? God did punish. God did punish every transgression, every act of disobedience. And it was through his son, Jesus. So our proof and our hope, we have the Mosaic Law, we have history to look back on. We have the reliability of all of God's promises. The evidence of that. And that God is true to his word in every discipline is for our good. Ultimately, every transgression that I've committed, every act of disobedience, he laid upon the shoulders of Jesus. But even with all of that, even with all of the hope that we have with this problem, look at what he says in verse 6. Verse 3. How shall we escape If we neglect such a great salvation. That even with the message 
that has remained true of seeing every promise of sin being punished through Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection, there is still a danger. So let me read the next few verses. And I want to highlight a few things. He goes on to say, It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard. While God also who bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed among to, according to his will. So here's what we see. And I, this is true of me and it's probably true of everyone here and everyone listening. He begins with the challenge or the, the caution of be careful that you pay attention. Because neglecting, not paying attention always leads to drifting. And it happens slowly. Then when we don't pay attention to something, there's a danger always to drift away. And I think this is true in every situation that we have. You know, just like we're, we're intentional at the beginning and over time certain things happen, take marriage. If we don't pay attention to one another, all of a sudden we don't know each other. Can happen in our finances. If we don't pay attention, all of a sudden we drift away from where we need to be or in our health or in parenting. So the same is also true with spiritual things. If we're not paying attention, we can drift away from it. And here's why, what I have experienced. That spiritual drifting begins when I stop paying attention to the things that God has done and who he is, especially in my salvation. When I get complacent, when all of a sudden it seems to lose its luster or the busyness of life happens, I can easily find myself neglecting because I'm regarding more things as more important. And there's no exceptions to the dangers of drifting. And so here's the progression that happens. And I don't have time to show you this because this is just the first warning. But if you looked at all the warnings of Hebrews, here is always what happens when we stop paying attention or I stop paying attention and I neglect. I begin to drift. And then when I begin to drift, that always leads to doubt. And anybody that you've ever seen struggling with their salvation or the word now is they digress or they deconstruct or whatever we're calling it nowadays, this is always how it happens. When we stop paying attention, we begin to drift and then we begin to doubt and it always leads to that. That always seems to be the progression. When we start to neglect, we all of a sudden find ourselves drifting away. When we drift away, it's easily to find ourselves in disbelief and doubt. And that's a struggle that I seem to battle. When things are going well, it seems that I neglect. And when things are not going well, I find it easy to doubt that God is really good and he is really for me. So I have no idea what 2024 holds for me or you. I don't. I hope it's great. But I know the danger in that for me is that it makes it easier for me to neglect. Things are going well, I've got this. But when it's not going well, it's easy for me to doubt. God, do you really care? Do you not see what is going on? So in order to help me, here's three things that I wrote down for myself over the last couple of weeks. Perhaps I need to change things up is how I began this note. So the first thing I wrote down was I need to be aware. 
I need to be aware that it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter how strong your faith might be right now. This is a danger that I face, that we face. That I need to be aware of this, that this is actually something that can happen, that no one is immune to this. No one is immune to losing focus and not paying attention to begin to drifting to then begin to doubt. No one is immune to that. So be aware, Mark. Second thing I wrote down is plan. Create a plan. Whether that's time around God's word or interacting with it. And then it dawned on me just a couple of days ago. And it was weird. I was knee deep in sewer, laying a new sewer line. It was weird. All of a sudden, this thought came to me. That here I stand, almost in 2024, and I have more access and more resources to God's word than any other time in humanity. Then I do, I have more resources and more opportunities to interact with God's word in more than any other time in the time of humanity. So maybe I need, maybe what hasn't worked in the past, I need to try something else. And I know, come tomorrow morning, we're all going to wake up and we're going to read through the Bible and we hope to get through Leviticus or at least through a Valentine's Day. But try something different. Maybe what's worked in the past hasn't. And I know it's important. The time in prayer, I know it is. And then somebody gave me an idea. They said, set a couple of timers on your phone. My friend said, you know, I set one for 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. It just goes off to remind me to pray. And he says, but here's the thing. I can't pray for myself. I thought, what a great idea. So I don't know what your plan might be. And maybe you've got something you're going to try. But here's my word of encouragement. Men, celebrate when it goes well. Man, I made it through Genesis or I made it through Matthew or whatever it is. You're some reason, man, I made it seven days. Celebrate that. But when it doesn't go well, give yourself grace. Give yourself grace when it doesn't go well. Because you know what? None of this is going to appease God. He, if you're in Christ, He is fully satisfied with you. It's for our benefit, not His. But give yourself grace when it doesn't. So I said, be aware, Mark. Mark, make some plan. But the last one was this. Include God's people. The spiritual growth, I really believe, is a team sport. Don't neglect being with God's people. <clears throat> Cultivate some relationships that you can be honest with about how things are going on. Ones that you can celebrate, they'll celebrate with you when they're going well. They'll stand with you. But ones that you can share your struggles when you find yourself drifting and maybe even doubting that you can be honest with. And if you have that, great. If you don't, cultivate that. So no matter how this year goes, I do. I hope it's a year to remember. I hope it's a year that we can look back, Lord willing, and there's so much to celebrate. But no matter what happens, I want to say trust in the bookends. Trust in the bookends. Then no matter what happens, no matter what is going on, Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. People may change. Circumstances may change. Plans may change. But you know what never changes is Christ. He is always the constant. Because the truth of Him is this. He is the only one 
that can redeem the challenges and mistakes of my past. He's the only one. You can't do it. My kids can't do it. My wife can't do it. My boss can't do it. Only Christ can redeem the mistakes and the challenges of my past. Only he can do that. He's the only one that can work in the uncertainty of my present. I have no idea what tomorrow holds. But he's the only one that can work in that. And he's the only one that can provide me hope for the future. Because I have no idea what it will be. I don't know. I hope it's the greatest year ever. But if not, he's the only one that can give me a hope for the future. So as the clock begins to tick and the calendar begins to turn over, just remind yourself, yeah, Christ is greater than anything that is going to happen or come my way. And that Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Thanks again for listening to the podcast today. We hope that you were blessed and encouraged. If you have questions or comments, we want you to let us know. Simply send your thoughts to questions at BethelBible.com. Thanks for spending time with us and be sure to join us next week on the Bethel Bible Podcast.